Welcome to Had a Magical Day, the podcast about Disney parks that's like taking a vacation in the middle of your day. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Had a Magical Day. I'm your host, Scott Otto. And before we start this episode, I'd uh, like to thank all of our loyal listeners. You know, it's kind of cool when we look at the downloads and we can see people in different countries. We have a, a loyal listener in Belgium and one in uh, Dublin, Ireland and one in Germany. And now I see some new listeners in India and Mexico and all over. And of course, we have lots of regular listeners in the U.S. all about uh, a lot of Massachusetts, where we're from. And of course, in, down in Orlando and Anaheim and uh, everywhere in between. Um, and the reason I bring it up is as much as we like to you know, see where all the listeners are from, we'd really love to hear from you. So we have a website called hadamagicalday.com, and you can leave comments there. We also have email if you have an idea for an episode you want us to do, or you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us an email to info at hadamagicalday.com. Also, we are on all the social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can you know like us and leave some comments there as well. And of course, we are wherever you listen to us on your podcast, uh, you can like and subscribe, whether it's uh, Spotify or SoundCloud or iTunes, or Amazon or Facebook. Just uh, give us a like and subscribe and uh, tell your friends. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks. All right. So starting this episode, I'd like to start a new feature, which is going to give you an update on the latest news around the Disney parks. So this is the, the first full week in April of 2022. And so the news we have for you is that uh, meet and greets are back in Disney World. So as of April 18th, so this is one of the last things because of the pandemic that they'd stopped doing and they're going to start doing on April 18th. So if, you, if you're already going there in that time frame and you have kids, that's great news for kids who love to do the meet and greets. And even, you know, there are some adults who can't resist doing uh, meet and greets and who doesn't want to give Winnie the Pooh a hug, I guess. Um, also, um, oh, as far as that goes, so pretty much all the pandemic restrictions have been rolled back, but I believe you still have to wear a mask on transportation. So if you're on the monorail or buses, public transportation, you, you need to wear a mask, but I don't think you need to wear a mask anywhere else currently in the parks, at least in Disney World and uh, Disneyland. Europe has uh, different rules. All right. Uh, the other good news is um, Fantasmic is returning to Disneyland on May 28th. And I think we've talked about this on the show before, but if, if you've ever seen Fantasmic at Disney World, the one at Disneyland is even better. Um, and so that's coming back on May 28th. So that's good news for everybody who goes to Disneyland. And uh, this week, we also got our first peek at the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is gonna open in Disney World on May 27th. And uh, so if you haven't heard about it, it's a roller coaster, but what they're calling an Omni coaster. So if you remember when we were talking about the Haunted Mansion and the Omni Mover, that's basically a people mover that can rotate in any direction. So they can control what you see at any given time. So they can show you one scene without getting you a sneak peek of the next scene. So imagine that on a roller coaster. So while you're hurtling down a roller coaster track, your car seat is, your, the, the car, the entire car is rotating in one direction or another. Uh, it also sounds like it's pretty cool. You're basically, spoiler alert, you're helping the Guardians save the galaxy on the ride. Um, but the interesting part to me, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but where the ride is. So it's going to be in Epcot and it's going to be in the World Showcase. So apparently they're like setting up the ride as part of a Xandar pavilion. So if you're not familiar with the movies, Xandar is a, is a planet from the movies. So if you're a traditionalist, you might be thinking, well, you know, the World Pavilion was supposed to be actual countries in this world, 
not fictional worlds. But, you know, I guess once you have Elsa and Anna take over Norway, you're kind of on a slippery slope, a slope into uh, fantasies in the, the world pavilions. So that's fine. Because even the regular countries, it's kind of like a fantasy version of the actual countries. Um, so uh, that is coming May 27th to Disney World. All right. And then also H2O Glow Nights are returning to Typhoon Lagoon in Disney World uh, every Saturday from May 28th to August 27th. And the tickets range from $70 to $75, depending on how old uh, the child is. All right, so that is our news. Now we can get to the, the episode. <clears throat> All right, so for, for those of you listening to the podcast, we're also going to release a video of this show. And it's going to be on our YouTube channel. And so during this episode, I'm going to be showing pictures. And all the pictures I'm going to show are from davelandweb.com, D-A-V-L-A-N-D-W-E-B. Dot com, And Dave was nice enough to let us use these images. Um, so, and you should go check out the website. If you love pictures of Disney, Disney World, Disneyland, he's got a huge archive of all sorts of pictures. A lot of them kind of the old ones that bring back a lot of memories of rides that are no longer there. He also has a cool blog too, which covers all sorts of uh, American pop culture from like the 20th century. So a few weeks back, we did a deep dive into the Haunted Mansion. That was one of our most popular episodes. So we decided to do some more deep dives. So this week we are doing a deep dive into Pirates of the Caribbean, one of my favorite rides. And uh, we'll first solve the mystery of the Caribbean or Caribbean. I think in this case, it's always Caribbean. I've never heard anybody else refer to it as Pirates of the Caribbean. It's always Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so like a lot of the rides, when Walt first started thinking about them in the 50s, uh, there were walkthrough rides. And uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was no, no exception. He envisioned it as kind of a walkthrough wax museum with different scenes of, of pirates and, and whatnot. And uh, if you wonder what that what might be like, if you ever go to New Orleans, they actually have a, a great wax museum there called the Conti Wax Museum. And they have scenes of the history of New Orleans. And that includes a scene with Jean Lafitte, who is a famous pirate from that era. And uh, he lived in New Orleans for a while and also helped the U.S. in the Battle of the War of 1812 and particularly the, the Battle of New Orleans in the War of 1812. Uh, interesting story about Jean Lafitte is it turns out that uh, initially at the beginning of the War of 1812, the British came to him and offered to pardon all his crimes because he was a smuggler. Bringing in slaves from other countries was illegal in the U.S. as of 1808, but Jean Lafitte smuggled slaves. He also smuggled other contraband and illicit items that had been stolen. Uh, but the British offered to forgive him for all his crimes and pay him a lot of money to fight on their side. So being the smart businessman that he was, he told them, uh, give me a couple of weeks to think about it. And then he went to the Americans and said, this is what the British are offering. Why don't you offer me something and I'll fight for you instead. Uh, but the Americans wouldn't. Uh, so he didn't fight for anybody at the beginning, but then Andrew Jackson, Jackson thought better of it and eventually gave him an offer, obviously giving amnesty from whatever crimes he committed along with some money. And so he did fight with the Americans and he became a hero, although he's not really a great hero. Uh, he's mainly just out for himself. But anyways, I bring that up because if you go to Pirates of the Caribbean and Disneyland, which is really what we're talking about, because that was the original ride and how it was created. So Jean Lafitte takes a prominent role there. And there, when you get on your boat, you're getting on your boat at Lafitte's Landing. And it takes place in New Orleans Square. So obviously it makes sense that they would 
have Jean Lafitte figured in there somewhere. Okay, so we were talking about, you know, in the 50s is going to be a walkthrough ride. Like all the other rides, like the Honda Mansion started as a walkthrough ride, and even the Carousel Progress was originally a walkthrough that was going to be in a place called Edison Square. But uh, once they got to the World's Fair in 64 and created all these different people movers and particularly had the success of It's a Small World with the Boat Ride, well, realized this has to be a boat ride. Okay, but the problem is that uh, Disneyland, when Disneyland first opened, like it wasn't really finished. And you've all heard the stories, like the asphalt hadn't even dried. And 59, they did the first big uh, expansion of Disneyland and kind of filled in like Tomorrowland didn't have anything in it in 55. So 59, the park was sort of finished for the first time. And the next big expansion they were working on was New Orleans Square. So Walt had the idea to have this New Orleans inspired land and that would have a haunted mansion in it and the pirates, a pirate ride. So they started building it around late 61, early 62. And they finished the facade of the Haunted Mansion in the 63. But there was nothing in there. And the pirate ride still at that point was going to be a walkthrough in the basement of New Orleans Square. But, you know, they put everything on hold. They did the World's Fair and then afterwards decided this has to be a boat ride. And so Walt has Claude Coates, who we talked about a lot in our last episode, be the show designer. He says, you know, lay out the ride here in the, in the basement of New Orleans Square make it work. And so Claude started to do that, but he found there wasn't enough space, particularly because the boats, if you've ever been on the boats and it's a small world or even pirates, obviously, uh, they don't have a great turning radius. And there was also beams in there in the basement supporting the building above it. So he, he really couldn't make the ride work. And he told Walt and Walt, always being the dreamer and ambitious, said, well, we'll just get more space. So what they had to do was they had to go under the railroad tracks and the berm into a new show space so they could have as much space as they wanted over there. So if you don't know what a berm is, because I, I think Dave Bosser talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but basically in Disneyland, Disneyland is made right in the middle of Anaheim. And so Walt didn't want guests having the immersive experience ruined by seeing the highway or seeing buildings in the distance. And so they built this big embankment around the entire park called the berm. And in some places, it's not necessarily an embankment. It was actually trees. They had trees, a lot of trees. When they bought the place, there was an orange grove. They used some of the trees in the rides. Some of it they saved as kind of a, a way to block out the view. Um, so most famously, if you look at the train station at the main entrance, it's on a hill. That's the berm. So they had to go under there. And for those of you who have been on both rides in Disneyland, there are two waterfalls that they go down, which is required to get under the berm. But this gave them more space. And so since they were doing kind of a New Orleans ride, they went with the New Orleans theme. And so the beginning of the ride in Disneyland is a, a bayou. And it's really beautiful and quite tranquil. And it's nice you float along and they have fireflies and there's some music appropriate of the times. So the time that the ride was supposed to take place in is around 1850s. And you can tell there's a American flag outside. And it's got 31 stars, which corresponds to that time period. They play music in the ride, like Oh Susanna, which was a popular song at that time. And <clears throat> what Claude did so well, which is really build up the mood of the ride. And then the next part is you go into the grotto, which are the, the caves 
the thing that it does is it kind of starts to transport you towards the pirate ride, but it gets narrower and it kind of gives you this feeling of things closing in. Walt wanted the, the cave. It was his idea to have caves in there because he had been to Carlsbad Caverns. And so that inspired him to have caves in the, the pirate ride. So that's why those are there. But then you get to the end of the cave and you, you know, you go from this narrowing darkness and you shoot out into this big battle scene. And that's what makes it really makes the ride so memorable, especially if you don't know that it's coming, you know, um, you're just in the darkness and all of a sudden you're in the middle of this big battle scene. There's the wicked wench, which is the name of the ship and the shooting cannonballs over your head. And you hear the pirates yelling and all the commotion going on. And you're just now you're fully immersed in this, this new world of pirates. So the, the story of the ride, it really was mainly Mark Davis, uh, doing a lot of drawings of things. And if uh, we've heard, talked about Mark Davis a little bit on, on the show before, but he is the Imagineer who you always has like a sense of humor and does kind of these gags. So if you know, like the, the jungle ride I and mean, the jungle cruise, there's a scene where the, the three guys are being chased up a tree by a rhino. That's classic Mark Davis. He's always doing those kind of things. So on the pirate ride, you know, there's a bunch of, of gags like that or, or not necessarily gags but cute scenes or funny scenes so that first scene when you're in the pirate land once you get past the uh, the wicked wench is the the mayor being dunked and uh, they're trying to get information from him and his wife is screaming and uh, he comes the mark davis classic part of it is you know when he comes out of the well he spits water out and uh, so he had a lot of skits like that the the guy with the the pigs sleeping with the pigs, stuff like that. They had the the men chasing the woman and then the woman chasing the man and those kind of things. So you had a bunch of these drawings that Mark Davis was doing. Then they had Xavier Atencio write the the script, which is really just the conversations that the people are having in the different scenes. So he's writing the dialogue. And then you have Claude Coates like laying it all out and putting it all together. And uh, so it all works beautifully. And one of the key things, it, besides kind of the atmosphere the cloud coat set up with the grotto and then coming out into the battle scene, is um, the fire effects. So when they were doing the ride, uh, they had one scene that was going to have some fire in it. And so Yale Gracie, who's the classic Imagineer, did a lot of the illusions for the Honda Mansion, he came up with the fire effect. And Claude liked it so much, he decided to do a whole town burning. And so they rewrote a new scene and had this whole town burning and it's really great effect and they also have the smells as well so you really feels like the town is burning but the effect is actually very simple so initially when Yale did it it was a uh, mylar sheet with fans and lighting so that's all it is it's like the sheet is blowing from the fans and the lighting makes it look like it's flames you know the the, the sheet blowing is what gives the flickering and the lighting gives the color, obviously, of the flames. And they eventually replace the mylar with, with silk. And so that's all that effect is. They also have some pretty cool effects where you have pieces of wood that are like glowing embers. They've been burnt and parts of it are glowing embers. And I always wanted to like how they did it because it looked almost like fiber optics or something. Uh, but then one time I was stopped in the ride. If you look closely at it, you can see that it's just some sort of plastic or whatever. It's just lighting. And they just paint things and they do it just so, so it looks just right. 
the fire effect was so realistic that the Anaheim uh, Fire Department actually asked Disneyland to make sure that the special effect would turn off in the event of a real fire because they were worried about the firemen putting out the fake fire when they needed to actually be focused on the, on the real fire. So that, that tells you how special this special effect is and uh, you know what an amazing job Yale Gracie did because it was so simple yet uh, believable. Um, so everything is pretty simple in terms of those uh, special effects. Of course, the big special effect there are the animatronics, which were ahead of their time and they still look great because the, the sculptures are so good. The faces of these pirates and other characters are so uh, realistic that they just come to life. There's been some changes to the rides over the years. And, you know, most famously, the auction scene uh, got changed in uh, 2017, I believe. And it was actually Walt that came up with that scene. So in the story, in the book, we talked to David Bossert last week about his book, Cloud Coats, Walt Disney's Imagineer. So in the book, it tells the story how, you know, at the, towards the end, almost at the last minute, Walt kind of came to them and said, hey, he had an idea for auctioning off these brides. And even back then, which is, you know, 1960s, uh, some of the Imagineers were a little squeamish about it. They're like, I don't know how we can do this. So they did it. They try to do it with a little, kind of a light touch, a little bit lighthearted. Not exactly the thing maybe you should be make, making light of, uh, but so it kind of worked for a while. And then they felt it was, you know, doesn't fit the values that we have today, even though it was a thing that happened. Um, so that got changed. Also the scenes with the men chasing the women, which obviously had sexual overtones, got changed so that the women have food now and they're being chased for food. And, and those changes happened before 2017. And when those changes happened, uh, Xavier Tensio had written the script and also wrote the words to Yoho, Yoho, it's pirate, Pirate's Life for Me, um, said he started to refer to the ride as uh, Boy Scouts of the Caribbean after, after that. So obviously the old timers weren't too happy with some of those changes. So one thing we haven't touched on is during the course, this is really the last ride that Walt oversaw almost to completion. He died about three months before the ride debuted. So it was pretty close to completion at that time, but it got to the point where he was so sick that he couldn't really go down into the basement to actually view the ride. So we had a Claude go down and give him updates. And what they did for Walt, even before he got really sick, um, when they first started to make models of the ride and they put them on sawhorses that were at eye level. And then they had Walt sit in an office chair and they pushed him through the ride so that he could see it at eye level the same way a person in a boat would see the ride. And they eventually made you know full-scale models and they had a big private viewing at uh, Burbank. So I'm showing you the picture of that now too. So that also gives you kind of the feel of what Walt might've experienced, but on a smaller scale when he was being pushed on, on, a, on an office chair. So as, as I said, Walt ended up passing away about three months before the ride was released, but it was pretty much finished before he died. So it was really the last one that he saw from beginning to end. As we talked about in our deep dive into the Haunted Mansion, he spent a lot of time on that ride as well, but they were th it didn't finish until three years after he passed away. So generally, they say Pirates of the Caribbean was the last real Walt ride, although he still had his fingerprints all over the Haunted Mansion as well. Uh, if you've ever been to Disney World, the ride there is a little bit different than the one at Disneyland. So remarkably, when the Disneyland ride debuted in... Uh, 1967. It was a big hit, a smash hit. It was, the, it was the best ride ever made at that point and still one of the, the best rides. And so you would think that when Disney World opened four years later, 
that that ride would have been one of the rides, but it wasn't. And it wasn't because for some reason they felt like, you know, New Orleans and the Caribbean was kind of exotic for people from California, but it wouldn't be exotic to people in Florida because they're right there at the Caribbean. So they wouldn't be interested in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that was a big mistake. So there was a lot of negative feedback when Disney World opened because people wanted that Pirates ride and it wasn't there. And so they quickly announced they would have it, a version of it in 1973. And uh, they just made it by the, the skin of their teeth at the end of 73. And that one also, they had same, similar things. So they built it right in front of the railroad track and they had to go under the track. But there's no berm there, so they only had to go one waterfall to get under instead of the two at Disneyland. Uh, the big difference is in the beginning of the ride. So whereas Disneyland takes place in New Orleans, in the Gulf of Mexico, in the bayou, Disney World takes place in a Spanish fort, or at least the beginning of the ride. And there are two different lines there. One line, you're kind of in the fort experience, and the other line, which is now the lightning lane, you're in the pirate. Uh, experience. So there's no, in Disneyland, there's the Bayou and there's also a restaurant, which was the first theme park restaurant called the Blue Bayou. Uh, no restaurant, obviously in Disney World. And in Disney World, you kind of start out right in the caverns, whereas you have the Bayou first in, in Disneyland. Cavern scenes are very different in the two parks. There's different, things. they both have the skeleton who's uh, steering the, the shipwrecked ship. But after that, it's all different. I'm not going to spoil it. So if you go to Disneyland or you haven't been to one or the other, you, you can check out the differences for yourself. But then once you get into the battle scene, they're almost identical at that point. They have the battle scene with the Wicked Wench. They have the mayor being dunked. They have the bride auction, which is now the woman auctioning off the property. And they have the people chasing each other. They have the guy with the pig and the guy with his leg hanging over the bridge and the big fire in the town. So they're both pretty much the same there. And then, of course, the classic guys in jail trying to get the key from the dog. Um, both rides, and it's hard to get good numbers on these ones. The original ride had roughly 53 audio, audio animatronic animals and 75 people. Uh, but other places have said 54 animals and 68 people. I've seen a bunch of different numbers. They're all roughly around 60 animals and 60 people. That's a lot of audio animatronics and uh, but that's what makes the ride special there's so much to see you can keep going on it there's always something different to see and that's what walt loved about the ride the other thing he liked about it when he first kind of had his walk through was you could hear like different conversations but you couldn't hear everything that was going on and he liked that because you'd have to come back to catch every little thing that's going on there and uh, that's why it's it's a classic. The whole experience, the way you get thrust into this big battle scene and all the detail and all the animatronics and all the conversations and things going on there. And plus, everybody just loves pirates. They're pretty cool. So that is our deep dive into Pirates of the Caribbean. Thank you for listening. And as always, we'll see you real soon. <laughs>